With another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 376, a.k.a. Year 8, Week 21. Uh, coming at you this week, as always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with... MC. And doing this a little later than usual, so if you tried to tune in for the live uh, broadcast on Clubhouse at the normal time, uh, you're lying, because I was there at the normal time, and there was nobody else in the room with me for like 15, 20 minutes or so, uh, so I shut it down, and now we're recording later. Still on Clubhouse. Um, so if you happen to be catching this, fucking phenomenal on your on you. Otherwise, podcast as usual. Uh, normal clubhouse time is around 4 p.m. Eastern time on Saturdays. Uh, that is when you will find me in there, and whether or not we record then, uh, up in the air at this point. So, if you're listening to this, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, and what is going on with you this week, MC? Uh, not a whole lot. <laughs> uh, watching watching the crypto crash. That's That's the most interesting thing going on for me. Okay, well, okay, let's talk about that then because I am finally in a position uh, to dollar cost average back in. Cool. So as it's been progressively, like, getting worse, um, I've been putting in a few hundred dollars at a time. And then so, like, my new marks are like, okay, fuck it. If it drops below, like, 15000 I'm going to drop in another two grand. And if it drops below ten thousand, I'm gonna drop in another three grand, and then that might be all the money I have. <laughs> so, so if it drops to five, I'm gonna be like just you know huddling like everybody else. Uh, but looking forward to riding the wave back up because I don't you know I I anticipate this being a dip, um, and a fucking phenomenal buying opportunity based on. The all-time high that we experienced, what was it, last year? The You know, within yeah. the last couple of years? I never yeah, thought so we'd see this price again, and I was pissed because, you know, outside yeah, well, extenuating circumstances. A lot to talk about and why uh, it's low and, and actually why it was high before. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there was a whole bunch of leverage in the system before. Um, so there was companies like Celsius and uh, the... Uh, Terra, uh, you know, with Luna, Terra Luna Corporation, whatever it is. Right. We talked about that a little bit. That was the pegging scam scandal, whatever you want to. Yeah. And so this is why, and it's it's related to the stocks too. It's It's not a surprise that all this is happening at the beginning of a recession. And that's because recessions help clear out the garbage. Um, because if things go down, then, uh, any, any cracks in the foundation of these scams or whatever are going to uh, be, br- be brought to light. So, um, so Terra collapsed already. Celsius, um, they're ho- holding on to people's funds, and um, so really, there's there's 
that that allowed these these co- companies allowed people to take uh, excess leverage, and they were leveraging themselves. So so they were like taking people's Bitcoin on, on deposit and making other gambling bets on the side. So they were buying altcoins with uh, with other people's Bitcoin, which is just insane. Do, were these people aware that that's what they were buying into, or was that a, no, a different no. layer of the scam? So so basically, Celsius says that. Uh, any Bitcoin given to them, this is in their fine print, any Bitcoin given to them is a loan. And right. then they can do whatever they want with it. <laughs> Interesting. So I've seen a... So, f- okay, so I don't, pay att- I don't pay nearly as close attention as you. But some of these things have crossed my news feed. And it was basically, you know, if, if the company becomes insolvent in some way, um, you are like the last people who can claim to get your money back based on the way that those really? things work. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that was in the fine print, and people were, like, posting it. But then they go, like, well, it's in the fine print because legalese, but that's not going to happen because crypto, yay. <laughs> right? Am I wrong? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, so, so, anyway. So, these uh, scams are getting flushed from the system. Yeah, a lot, a lot of over-leveraging happened because, well, when things are going up, they only go up, right? So, they go up for a really long time. And uh, that's that's probably one of the reasons why we saw the the sixty seventy thousand dollar Bitcoin price. Yeah, uh, just a lot a lot of leverage and stuff. That was insane. Um, yeah, I remember um, thinking it was insane at the time, but I'm like, not counting my chickens, man. Like, if it's gonna go, let's <laughs> let's let's go. I didn't I didn't buy anywhere near close to that yeah. all time high. Like, I was just you know, you know, again, we we have different. I'm gonna say strategies, but different risk tolerances. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm like, well, I've got some, and as long as that keeps going up, uh, I'm happy, you know. And if it goes down, I'm like, I'm less happy. But at the same time, I don't intend, I had not intended to cash out, uh, even yeah. when it was at the all-time high. So it's like, whatever, I'm just holding my position, and so none of that right. mattered. Yeah. So anyway, a lot, a lot of these debts are being. Uh Sold on sold on the market uh, because people are getting margin called, and not just people, but there's corporations that are running these scams. Okay. So, and and it's not just them, but it's all these altcoins too. So there's a whole bunch of altcoins that are being promoted by promoters, you know, famous people on YouTube or whatever. Yep. And they've got you know this guy named Gary V. He's got thousands of followers oh, and man. and uh, he and he just sold a whole bunch of NFTs, right? So yeah. Uh, and he made 121 million dollars off of them, uh, total uh, with his Ethereum and his NFTs. So, can I just interject really quickly? Because I remember Gary V from like back in the day, and I was a fan of Gary V back in the day. I don't. How familiar are you with Gary Vaynerchuk? Not not much. I, he's a hustler, right? Well, he here's the thing. He wasn't always a hustler, so. My introduction to Gary V was when he was doing Wine Library TV. Like his parents owned a winery, and in the early days of video podcasting, he did fucking wine tasting video podcasts. And that was it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm tasting like three Merlots today or whatever. He had like a, a, a New York Jet spit bucket because he didn't swallow when he was doing his tasting. And I don't even drink... But I watched this fucking show 
because it was so entertaining just watching this dude like you know taste wine um <laughs> and then at some point like he parlayed that into a like you know um what do you, like a, a speaker and he was making the rounds speaking on you know this new technology and he became like an internet sensation based off this wine library thing um <laughs> I think I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but at one point he, um, there was a friendship, I believe, with him and like Kevin Rose, um, one of the founding members of you know Dig Nation, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call him a tech bro at this point, even though he's kind of our age. Um, but yeah, and, and it, it was around that time where those were the things to watch on the internet. It was like hmm. you know, Dig Nation, Revision Three, uh, Wine Library TV. Even though I didn't drink wine, Tiki Bar tv like that was that was like my fucking jam back in the day and then all of a sudden you know this dude whose only expertise is wine right turns into an internet motivational speaker that's the word i was looking for Uh, you know a (laughs) motivational speaker and you know self-help guru and inspirational guy i'm like no he's a wine guy does do people not remember when all he was doing was like tasting wine out of his parents winery like you know <laughs> no nobody remembers that nobody remembers that well i i do <laughs> pepperidge farm remembers that um so yeah so so to 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 go from the entertainment right of wine library tv and gary v who was very excited about his wine um to see him turn into i'm gonna say a charlatan and a huckster because that's you know that is my current opinion of what he's doing uh, is, is a little sad, but hey, if you know if that works, if that works for you, bro, have at it. Um, but I don't, you know, NFTs are a whole nother subject that we don't have to get into. I just wanted to talk about Gary V because I remember you, Gary V, as the wine salesman, um, <laughs> as opposed to the NFT salesman. And your wines may have been good, and you did not need you know you could have kept that as a career. Instead of moving on to this nonsense. Well, it worked out for him. <laughs> well, for him, yes. Right? But when but when you review wines and then you sell the wine that you're reviewing and people, you know, people like the wine, they go, oh, yeah, this, you know, the, what his reviews were accurate, right? Because this is his area of expertise. And I can trust his wine reviews, you know, because of that. Then then you have like a trustworthy salesman. Um, but to, to, do, to take that... You know, a you know twenty dollar bottle of wine sale into a two hundred thousand uh, dollar NFT um, scheme, right? Like a lot of a lot of that trust is gone with me. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's sad because I liked him. I liked him a lot. I, I'm curious into how how much he knows what an NFT is. Because um, like I said last time, I think I talked about NFTs and I said it's basically you're paying for access to a link that to a file on a server somewhere. Right. So does he know that or did he pay somebody to do this, set this thing up and then he just sells them, you know? I'm At, sure. I, I don't know if he's like a computer genius or something. Probably not. But. Well, okay. And again, here's it's it's hard to he's he's not a computer genius. He's not like hacker level. Um but he was doing the video podcast early enough along where he's been around the industry, right? Like Wine Library TV was not an unpopular podcast 
uh, video podcast amongst those that watched those things at the time. Like when the only place you could get a podcast was the iTunes, you know, was, was the Apple store, the iTunes store, right? And like that was the only subscription you could get. It was like RSS or Apple. Um, he was, you know, he, he was sufficient in the Apple market where every, you know, where that's basically where everyone went. Um, so I'm sure he has some knowledge. I don't want to go as far as to say expertise. Um, but he's not, he's not dumb. That's the thing, right? In my opinion, in my opinion, he's not dumb. He rode the wave early and he jumped ship and is riding this new wave um, because he's a good marketer. So he may not understand exactly what an NFT is, um, but I guarantee you he understands how to sell them um, mm-hmm. and, and profit on the back end there. Sure, yeah. And good, you know, as good as a salesman as he was, I don't know if he needs to believe in the product or understand exactly what an NFT is um, in order to make money for him and whomever he's uh, working well, with. The, the problem is if you do know what an NFT is, then you know it's, you're, you're basically scamming everybody. Um, you would think. And so if he doesn't, um, uh, I, and I, I find it hard to believe that he doesn't know um, how much bullshit he is, you know, at this point. So, um, yeah, that's to me, that's just sad. I think it's, you know. Right. Uh, From someone not, of his caliber, really it's sad. That's sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, man, I think the other thing with the NFTs is um, it's it's definitely a scam, in my opinion. I don't necessarily want to say that it has no purpose. Um, from the anarchist perspective, right, there has to be ways to hide income, earnings, and money from the state. And the traditional way that, you know, millionaires, billionaires, or, you know, people of wealth have done that is through physical art, right? Like, that's that's a thing. It's, you know, it's art, it's in a vault, it's in the movies, and because it's true, but in a vault in the airport somewhere um, where it's, you know, not subject to taxes and duties, and that's it. It's just wealth storage. Uh, So when NFTs comes along, in my mind, it seems it's just the blockchain equivalent of wealth storage, maybe. Right, you know, whoever's holding the bag at the end, yeah, that's the the scheme part of it. Uh, but if you're trying to move money around, you know, it's it seems like that would be a way to do it. Um, whether or not you agree with it, whether or not you think it's valuable, um, I do think that it it may have, <clears throat> excuse me, it may have a purpose to subvert the state in some way. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll see it when I believe it. I mean, <laughs> something like that. Right. Well, okay. Because again, like let's, let's translate that a little bit to the art world, right? We all know that a Hunter Biden portrait or painting of Hunt, uh, you know, a painting that Hunter Biden did is not worth $50 million, right? Or however much that thing sold for. Mm-hmm. And yet it sold for that. Why? Well, because they have to move the money around somehow, right? And, it, and it's, it's, it's money laundering. Um, 
by state actors, you know, by the Biden administration or Biden himself or by the Biden family or whatever. Um, and it's crass because it's out in the open, right? Mm-hmm. How, how dare you think that we're to believe that a painting by Hunter Biden is $50 million worth of value. And no, it's like someone owed someone money. And so they went, well, buy this painting, right? And done. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. And so they did, but in, in, out in the open. So if, if money needs to be moved around to subvert the state, and it's, well, just go, go buy this NFT, right? Here's how you get us the money to us legitimately so that we can launder it. Um, we'll produce an NFT. You buy the NFT for $200,000, and boom, the money moves, right? And then where does it go? Well, the value, it's tied up in the NFT. So I don't know, you know, so I don't want to... I don't want to say that they, they serve no purpose. Uh, I'm only going to say that the, the current way that most people are making money doing it, definitely a scam. Um, and I want to say an obvious scam, but I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss uh, the technology necessarily if it's being used <laughs> to subvert the state uh, through money laundering to avoid yeah. uh, taxing and so on. So they did a whole bunch of work trying to make Bitcoin uh, and Monero to have basically fungible tokens. And then they undid, they put a whole bunch of work to undo that and make non-fungible tokens. It's ridiculous. <laughs> right. But again, but, you know, there's, yeah. there is room for non-fungible tokens um, in the market, right? Like there, you know, I, on my desk here is like, you know, some video games and water bottle, et cetera. You know, that's non-fungible and yet has value, right? And then on the other hand is my wallet, which has dollar bills in it, which is fungible and also has value. So, I, I again, what I'm saying is I think there's room for both. It just depends on your purpose. Um, I know that uh, on um, Sovereign Tech and, you know, other tech podcasts to say, well, if it's not a good idea off the blockchain, it's not a good idea on the blockchain. And being on the blockchain doesn't necessarily make it a good idea, you know, doesn't add value. Um, but I don't, I don't think, again, I think the current way that non-fungible tokens are being used is shady and scammy. Um, but I do think they have a place because there is, you know, there, there is room for blockchain ownership of non-fungible goods in some form or fashion. So another reason for the, the crash is, uh, I don't know the inflation rate of Ethereum, but I thought it was pretty high. If I, I, I might be mistaken, but um, a lot of people were mining, you know, using their GPUs or hardware miners for Ethereum. Right. And uh, so there was a quite high inflation, but also the price was going up. Um, and so eventually, when those people sell, because you know, the the amount of tokens out there and the amount of dollars chasing them is is, is going down, and they can still. Uh, produce a whole bunch of them, uh, then that's that's why it's going to crash. And it's not just Ethereum. So there's uh, Cardano, which is basically a centrally owned for the most part uh, token. Um, it went up to like four or five dollars, something. Or I can't remember. It isn't in the dollar range, but now it's trading at forty four cents, and that one's number seven on on the on the list of coins um, with a market cap of fifteen billion. Now that it's down to $0.44, cents. so you can imagine if it's $4, 10 times higher, it was $150 billion. So 
uh, a lot of this still can go down a whole lot. Like imagine Cardano going down to $1 billion, 15 times less than it is now, yeah. or divided by 15. Um, and that should happen because why should it be worth $15 billion? It makes no sense at all. It doesn't really produce $15 billion worth of value. Uh, not really. And so a lot of these things just came out from nowhere and were super high valued and uh, for no real reason. So another one is a Solana. Another one that uh, got uh, extremely highly valued uh, for for basically a, a tweet is Dogecoin. Um, Fucking Elon, he's getting sued. Over <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't blame them for suing him, but at the same time, it's like you you still deserve it. I mean, you're still an idiot, but whatever. <laughs> um, Let's see, uh, another one, Polkadot. Like, I don't even know what a Polkadot does or is, and it's worth $7 billion. Uh, we DIA. should have jumped on this bandwagon a long time ago when I was saying, like, we need to do our own token MC. Like, sure, Jazz sure, coin, sure. just another shit coin, and then we could have ridden the scam wave from the top of it. Yeah. Uh, let's see, um, Tron. So all these things have billions of dollars. Shiba Inu came out from nowhere. Uh, well, as a derivative of Doge. Exactly. It's it's just a name, you know. Um, and with, you know, ten times as many tokens to sell. Um, let's see. Uh, Chainlink. I've not been a fan of that since it came out. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Kronos, another one that was at, I think it peaked at 80 cents. Now it's 10 cents. So, yeah, a lot of people have been putting their Bitcoin money into these things. And now they went out, and so they're going to sell their altcoins for Bitcoin. And then since Bitcoin is going down, they're selling their Bitcoin for dollars. Um, so when after this crash is over, we'll see how many of these are you know left standing. Um, but, again, there's, there's a lot of them that, that don't deserve... Uh, the price they were being sold at, and they don't produce any value or mu- not much anyway. So, right. And I guess from from my perspective, um, I hope I hope none of them come back. Like at least the alts. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. Like I'm I'm okay with uh, you know free market, and all these people have the 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 right to market these things. Um, but there's just so many dumb people. So again, when we talk about dumb people, um, yes, let's, yeah. And, and it's, it's totally understandable for somebody to get caught up in these, these scams because they're very convincing. And so for example, Celsius and Terra Luna, all they did was offer people, uh, returns to 10, 20%. Oh, well, that sounds fantastic. It sounds like it's not uh, such a, a, a volatile thing like, like Bitcoin. And so it's it's simple for them to conceive in their head, and so they just do it. Um, and without asking the question, well, how are they raising the money? And that's if, if you don't actually have a, a paper trail to back up how they're getting this 10% to give to you, then you shouldn't give them your money. Like you, you, you can't just go. Oh well, I trust them. They'll, they're good for it. You know, it's just right. insane. And uh, you know, and then the, if if you really want to understand uh, cryptocurrency or just markets in, in general, how the world works, really 
understand the purpose of Bitcoin. And so the, the slogans are wonderful uh, teaching aids. So things like not your, not your uh, key, not your coin. Learn well, that the hard have, way. If you don't have physical possession of it, that means somebody else has it. And they can do whatever the hell they want with it, despite, you know, even what they say on their website or maybe even in the fine print. They can do other things besides the, that, you know. And so you you want to be in a position where you're not trusting somebody to do something for you. And so unfortunately, uh, all these people with outside outsized trust in other people, just random people on the Internet with the the ability to attract billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin and other money, uh, they're, they're taking it and they're, and they're screwing it up. They're, they're mismanaging their companies or, or just outright fraud. And this is why the, the price of Bitcoin is going down because uh, people are not holding on to their Bitcoin. They're letting somebody else mismanage it and... When they get it back, if they get it back, the value of the Bitcoin is going to be a lot lower, <laughs> you know. So it's like, okay. uh, or somebody else is just going to spend it for them. You know, somebody who actually wants the dollars more than the Bitcoin, those are the people that are going to spend it. That's what they're doing now. So the the not your keys, not your coin mantra, obviously uh, prescient at this point. Um, does do you see a run on the exchanges? Um, Cause like well, the no, way- I, I hope that happens too because you know exchanges could be in a position where they sold more Bitcoin than they than they have, um, and and I hope that gets fleshed out too. Uh, I don't know how what what the threat is because again I don't know how many Bitcoin each exchange has and how many they've sold. Okay, and it's not just that; it's also all the alt- altcoins. Pause. Pause for a moment because this is one area that I. I personally need more information on as to how it works. Um, my, again, my limited understanding, even though I've been paying attention to this for over a decade, right, is there's a fixed supply of Bitcoin and the miners mine it and the supply goes up. And at some point we hit 21 million, like a hundred years from now. And boom, that's fucking it. What I don't understand is if the if the Bitcoin blockchain, right, the public ledger is available for everyone to see, how in the hell uh, are these exchanges basically doing fractional reserve banking with Bitcoin? Like, how do you oversell a Bitcoin if everyone can see exactly where that coin came from and every place it's been along the way? Um, well, you don't release the uh, details of your wallet. So you hide you hide the the information, so um, you, you can claim wallets are yours that are not really yours, or okay. you could just you could have you know wallets sitting somewhere that you know are not uh, registered, and you know so it's it's like. Uh, you know, you would think if it was open blockchain, it'd be cut and dry. That's um, what I'm saying. But that is what but I'm good, saying. Good, yeah. Good luck finding out how many Bitcoin Kraken has on their service. You know, it's like 
Okay. I don't know, but maybe maybe it's listed somewhere. But I, you know, I don't. I've never actually looked for it. But I've never. I don't really care because, well, if I had Bitcoin, I would be holding them. Understood. Is this something that maybe the market will respond to going forward? Like, in order to be a legitimate exchange where people put their trust and value in, you have to open up your public wallet. Like, here's here's the Kraken wallet or whatever exchange you happen to be. And you can see all the Bitcoin moving well, in and out of the, you know. There's another problem too. You, so you have to have two pieces of information. So let's say that you have their Bitcoin wallet, and it says, oh, they they've got a you know a thousand Bitcoin uh, from d- depositors. Okay. Well, if you don't uh, let let's say they have uh, uh, two. Uh, well, you, you don't know how many. Bitcoin actually belong to the uh, the people the deposit the the depositors that, that put it in there. Um, so you could say, okay, you know, they, they could basically be lying about how many uh, they owe to okay. depositors. Well, I mean, and so how could you not? If someone deposits it, right, it moves from one wallet on the public well, blockchain. I, into- I could see how many I put in there, but I can't see how many everybody else put in there. Really? So I I would well. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. How, like, is it is it just a an overwhelming uh, endeavor? Because that's what the that I mean. In my, again, in my mind, like I obviously ignorant, uh, but in my mind, the public ledger means I can see it all. If I if I no, go you can look, see the, you can see the transactions, but you don't know who they belong to unless unless you're okay. the exchange. The exchange has all the information. Yeah. Uh, and 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 depending on how much. They let out, then, then you can you know figure stuff out or not figure stuff out. So like, how, uh, let's let's say there's uh, two thousand people using Kraken, um, but they only tell the public that there's there's only five hundred. So you have an extra you know fifteen hundred people um, trading on there, but they don't they don't know how many people are trading on there because only Kraken knows. Okay, but when they go to withdraw their Bitcoin. Should they if, choose if to they, do so? If they all withdrawed at the same time, that would be the equivalent of a gold run on, on a bank. You know, everybody's trying to get their gold out, and the bank sold, you know, more notes than there was gold, and so then then you'd have a bankruptcy. Yeah, that's. I guess that's the part that I'm saying is how did they sell more than they have? If because they... because all the transactions are done on paper inside of you know whatever okay uh, ex- exchange you're on, so. Because most people don't take out their Bitcoin, you know, it's the same as the the situation with with gold. Because people don't take out their gold, you know, because they only have IOUs, well, they can sell more IOUs than there is gold. (laughs) Yeah. I yeah, so, okay. So whenever you're whenever you're on a website and it says this is how much uh you have in the account, that's not how much you have. That's how much the, the organization is telling you that they owe you. It doesn't mean you can actually pull it out. (laughs) Okay. I guess I, I hear what you're saying, and in my mind, the difference between what the, the perceived difference between Bitcoin and gold deposit is with the gold deposit, um, they take in you know a hundred ounces of gold and then sell off two hundred ounces of certificates of notes. Of notes. Yeah. But with Bitcoin, if they've taken in you know one hundred Bitcoin, they can't transfer out two hundred. They can't transfer it out, but they can still sell more because mo- 
most people don't take them off the exchanges. Okay. So that means as long as as long as everybody's not taking them out at the same time, they can sell more than they have. And so instead of a note, they're giving you a. Uh, uh, they're incrementing a, a your your ledger, your, your dollar ledger. Not even a ledger. It's just okay. a notification on the website that says this is what your balance is, and it goes up. You know, the more Bitcoin you buy. Okay. But that doesn't mean they actually have them. It just means that that's what they owe you. <laughs> okay. You, you you don't have the Bitcoin until they're in your private wallet. That's what, okay. That's the whole that's the whole thing, and and so you know they if they were scamming they could scam for a very long time because well unless there's a run on the bank or a run on the exchange nobody really knows. Okay. Now they could be totally open and transparent if they said these are all of our users. Uh, we've got a million of them and here's the balance on each of their accounts and it all adds up to, you know, what's in their cold wallet, let's say. Sure. If they did that, fine. But, you know, good luck going to the exchange and saying, how much does everybody have? Like, they're, they're not going to give you the, all that information. <laughs> you know, Why they not? might lie. And, it's supposed they to. Might lie, they might lie and say, this was audited and here's the, here's, here's, here's how much we, how much uh, we owe and here's how much we have. And, and it could just be a big lie. You don't know until, and that's the whole thing. You have to take your Bitcoin out of the exchange. Everybody has to do it, and then we find out if they actually have it or not. <laughs> I feel like this is turning into a fucking Star Wars meme, right? You have become the thing you were meant to destroy. Exactly, but that's that was my whole point thing uh, about idiots. If you don't, if people don't <laughs> understand Bitcoin and use it how it's supposed to be used, then they will they will get abused, and and the you know the price of Bitcoin will suffer because. Um, if everybody's buying Bitcoin in an exchange, the, in the exchange, just like Mt. Gox, and this happened to me, I'm an idiot too, um, Mt. Gox takes the Bitcoin and spends it, you know, without my permission, um, well, what's going to happen to the Bitcoin price? They're, they're spending my money, uh, my Bitcoin, and um, and they don't care what price they get because it's not theirs, you know? It's yeah. the same as the government, you know? Fucking A. It's easy, it's, it's easy to spend other people's money. <laughs> it's definitely easier to spend other people's money. Uh, yeah. So the the exchanges could be in trouble. The people with money uh, or you know Bitcoin or whatever on the exchanges could be in trouble, and that's driving the price. That's part. That's a contributing factor um, to the, I'm gonna call the the massacre that's happening in the crypto sphere right now. But also the inflation. So inflation happens a number of ways, and and so uh, you know there's only 21 million Bitcoin. Okay, but as far as crypto goes overall. Um, well, there's Ethereum, and they're inflating like crazy. And then there's Tether, they're inflating like crazy. And uh, Cardano, and just, you know, billions of tokens. Okay, whatever. Um, Solana. So you, they got all these, uh, you know, things that were going up because basically Bitcoin was going up also. And a lot of people that were, you know, in Bitcoin were buying these altcoins with Bitcoin. Um, and so... Yeah, when when they start to go down, then uh, everything is, is basically right now. Dollars are the thing. Uh, dollars are increasing in value because well, in, inflation, and so a lot of people need the money so that they can buy the higher priced goods. Well, oh man, hold and, on a second. Okay, I heard what you said, and one of the reasons why I'm trying to you know DCA back into Bitcoin specifically is because of the massive inflation. Of the U.S. dollar right now, right? But we're we're unwinding uh, a bunch of overvalued assets that have been going up for twenty years without 
uh, without stopping really much. So when everything in the market, everything like uh, when I say everything, stocks uh, and anything that you can buy with cheap money, um, you know, hits its peak, then you know there's there's got to be a uh, a correction. And so we have to basically the correction isn't all the assets. The correction is how much are dollars worth. So if everything else is overvalued because they've been uh, uh, printing so much money and allowing people to use the money to uh, leverage and push things higher, um, then basically, like, like, let's say you have a, a random stock and it's overvalued by 30 times, okay? But it just keeps going up because, well, uh, the company, if they want, they can, they can take out a loan and buy their own stock with it and push it higher, you know, and that thing, Elon. that kind of shit happens. Okay. That kind of shit happens all the time. Um, so all these things are overvalued. So when, when it comes time to, uh, you know, cash out, like, well, how much is the dollar worth? Well, that's what we really have to find out is, is versus everything now, how much is the dollar worth versus all this stuff? And so at the moment, the dollars are hot. Like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're, you know, some people are saying this is a recession. I don't really know yet, but um, it's, uh, it, okay. That's another definitional thing that pisses me off. Sure, right. You you cannot say we're in a recession because by definition you don't know when you're in one. Exactly. You have to look at past data and go like, "Yep, that was a recession." That was. So and you, you have can to make wait a prediction six about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Um, but to to me that that's what it looks like. That's what the Federal Reserve is kind of uh, hinting at uh, encouraging because they're trying to stop uh, inflation. So hyper, you know, hyperinflation is what they're, they say they're really worried about. Um, Too late. Well, you know, we haven't really seen hyperinflation. We've seen bad inflation. Okay. Um, but again, what we're dealing with right now is uh, lower, uh, uh, production and um you know su- supply shortages and rising prices and and so- some of that is due some of the inflation is due well all of it but depending on your definition uh the the price is going up some of the price going up is because there's just too many dollars out there yeah um but and they're like fucking I said, that up too if you if you take the entire stock market and, and you realize, okay, all this stuff is way overvalued. So, what should be the real value of it? You know, net, like Netflix. It's so funny. It's like, okay, um, I forget what its peak was, but it was something ridiculous, like you know, five hundred billion dollars or something. I can't remember. But if you had five hundred billion dollars, would you buy Netflix? Like, no, obviously you wouldn't. You could just start right. a new one. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. What the no, heck? No, fair. <laughs> if you had fifty-four billion dollars, would you buy Twitter? Um, that's a, that's a, that's a tougher one. Okay. Probably not for 54 billion. I would probably just make a new one, um, and then promote it, you know, get Gary Vee to help. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be crazy. I tell you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's, so th- things are unwinding and it's because the recession wasn't allowed to happen, uh, you know, during coronavirus or you know the time before that or the time before that you know they 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 were trying to paper over any possible 
downturn in the markets. And now they're starting to raise interest rates. So it's kind of like a, a reversal of uh, priorities for them. Um, and I, I assume it's just because they see uh, prices on household goods going up. Um, Significantly. Um, mm -hmm. Like, uh, I'm going to use the general term, we are in the market for uh, a new vehicle. And yeah, yeah. several, you know, the, 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 the used prices have been skyrocketing because of chip shortages and, you know, other, other market phenomenon on the new car market. Uh, but several months ago, you know, there was a qualifying interest rate of 9 to 10%, right? And I went, okay, you know, whatever. That's not ideal, but whatever. Um, the new qualifying rate... And this is, I'm going to say, corroborated on a Facebook post by another acquaintance on Facebook or Facebook associate um, who has, like, according to the post on social media, uh, decent enough credit, right? Was 18 to 20% interest for a new vehicle now. And I went, well, that's crazy. Like, where the fuck did that come from? You know? And then to, to pile on with the, the Fed interest rate increase, I'm like, it's not a good time to buy anything, right? The, the price is inflated due to, you know, shortages and supply issues and whatnot. And now the interest rates are going up. Like, okay, so the, the spending spree is over. Now it's tighten up the bootstraps and save. Like, what are we, what are we fucking doing here? Yeah, and uh, uh, it, it's, it's really frustrating to me because I, I know the, the way the economy would be better served and that is to have recessions more more often um but then you wouldn't have 20 years of the you know the so-called uh, good times of easy money um uh so you know it's like <laughs> you, you can't win all the time um yeah. but uh if if well. if you know if 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 you take, uh, you know, your one tool that you have is lowering interest rates, and then you, you blow that all at once, going to zero percent, uh, then there's only one alternative: is to raise them, or go negative, like Japan. Yeah, sure. Which, oh, how the fuck does that even work? I, <laughs> here's the thing: I don't think it does, and that, and I think there's probably going to be a currency problem in Japan. There's people, you know, making YouTube videos about it now. So I, I struggle. Because I know I'm not dumb, right? Like I'm, I'm a fairly intelligent individual, you know, and I'll pat myself on the back as I say that. But these people are supposed to be smarter than me, right? They're, well, they're not. They just have power that you don't have. Yeah. So it's, it's like if you're playing Monopoly and, uh, you know, the, the, the banker uh, isn't really playing. Maybe he has a token on the board. Maybe he doesn't. Right. He's also he's also changing the rules as he goes. Like, well, that you wouldn't you wouldn't assume that he's he's a genius, except for, well, he's the one in power. So, uh, you know, that's what you want to be. <laughs> that's that's a genius yeah. move. Just being the, just being the one in power. So, fair enough, fair enough. But man, it's it's just it's so frustrating because. Much, much like the stupid people in the crypto sphere, right? Those dumbasses have such a huge effect on everybody yeah. else, 
yeah. that they have no right to have. Um, and I want I want to touch on one more quick point before we move on. Um, you said that you know we should have recessions more often, and I'm not going to disagree with that. What I will say is there's some principles in the Austrian sphere of economics um, that point to that, but that the the waves and the fluctuations are not as severe, right? right. The the concept of the boom bust cycle is a much minimized. flatter line. It's minimized. So yes, you might have, uh, I'm going to call it a paper recession, right? Cause we have to look like the, the, the definition of, of recession means you got to look back on six, a six month period of time and see negative growth in that six month period. Um, but I'm going to say like a recession on paper where there's slightly less growth, right? And then in, in the, in the boom period, there's slightly more growth, um, but it's not severe where it's a ginormous boom and easy money and everyone get rich and then fucking crash it all to hell um, on the downswing, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. more even and balanced out. And the way to get there is, again, to remove state actors from the equation, right? You get the government out of the equation. You let the individual actors in the marketplace, you know, collectively yeah. determine these things. And what you sure. then see is that flatter boom bust cycle. And and I'm not even going to say that that's 100 uh, percent accurate because I, I think we've had a pretty good experiment with uh, total free market Bitcoin and how people uh, use that or abuse it. Um, and so people as a whole, or you know, if if you look at them as a collective of what they they've done with Bitcoin, is is they've you know too too many people have given away their their power and their money to third party interests, um, and and maybe they will just continue to do that. Um, so like some people say, oh well, you know a Bitcoin would be a better standard than the U.S. dollar. Well, m- maybe, but th- you still run into the problem of uh, uh, you know dumb people trusting third parties uh, that that shouldn't be trusted and. Um, they collectively can totally screw up the market. You know, the Bitcoin market, um, well, just the whole crypto market uh, yeah. as, as a whole. I, I see what you're saying, and the only the only thing I will say to that is yes, but that that's that's part of the human experience. Sure. Um, and I think there was again from both sides, right from from the. Um, from the, I'm going to say, producer side of Bitcoin, like the exchanges, the corporate side of things, there was a clamoring for government regulation, right? Like, please regulate us so that we know what boundaries we can operate in, mm-hmm. right? And with that comes a level of unearned trust from the public who then goes, well, they're regulated, so they can't be doing anything shady, right? Because... <laughs> the, the, because the dumb public trust the government, right? And when the yeah. when the dumb the public gets screwed over, I don't. I don't think uh, Terra Luna or Celsius were regulated in any meaningful way. <laughs> okay, so they might have had all of the paperwork, you know, disclosures and stuff like that. Um, you know, the the correct. Uh, uh, identification procedure done so they can document how much money they're taking from people. Um, but 
but that isn't uh, uh, I don't know it's it's it it's much less than let's say a credit card company would have okay. to do. Let, let me ask you this again in all, in all seriousness because I don't know how long has Terra Luna been around? Oh, only you know since 2017 or something. Not not very long. Okay, but but that's my my point is is that by making a a, a, a claim of uh, you know potential uh, profits and and claiming that there's very little risk. A lot of people will just make assumptions, and as long as their numbers go up on the website every month, they're happy to, to keep their money in there or add. Right. So absent government, I don't think what we're saying is, what I'm saying is, absent government regulation is the, it means there won't be shysters and snake oil salesmen, right? Yeah. But in, in the larger scheme of the free market, Right, companies like Terra Luna, who show up with over promises and then under deliver and then get you know get found out, called out, and crash. Right, the the entire scope of their operation was a mere five years long. Right, and the 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 quote unquote free market, right, found out what was going on and corrected it. And I'm going to say, like, in a relatively quick fashion, whereas that could have been extended much longer. Uh, yeah, well, one, one of the reasons why it got extended so long is because the market overall was was going up. Uh, so when you have a, a stock market that goes up for 20 years, um, then th- th- it seems like you know nothing has risk. Yeah, and well, I mean that's the, the Ponzi market, scheme, right? You get new people yeah. in, and you just continue to pay off the people up top until it until it eventually crashes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the whole the whole market is kind of built like a Ponzi, so the whole stock market. Agreed. So so when when that started coming coming down, it, it did affect uh, you know everything else. So so I don't know. We'll we'll see how many uh, you know bankruptcies and and and. Uh, you know, just normal corporations happen. Yeah. You know, in 2008, you know, uh, you know, GM went bankrupt. Um, yeah. Also, also been, part of a free market system, right? Well, not everyone not really. survives. <laughs> not really. <laughs> what do you mean? Not really. Uh, they, they're propped up by the government and, uh, no, they are currently propped up by the government. What I'm saying is in a free I think market. They were bef- I think they were before they're, they're given, um, basically access to cheaper credit than than they should okay they're given you know tax breaks and incentives because of the unions and you know xyz they're they're heavily uh it's 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 kind of like you know chinese china's uh corporations half owned by the state at, okay. at this point G, gm is basically owned by the state <laughs> let, me, let me finish my point then because i don't think you really want to disagree with me. um what i'm saying is Going out of business, bankruptcy is a part of a free market system, and Elon Musk calling for you know the recession because it wipes out those companies that ought not be in business, mm-hmm. right? Is good because it clears out the bad businesses. They go under, they file for bankruptcy, shutter the doors, and that creates a market opportunity to fill the demand more efficiently and effectively yeah. in a free yeah, market system. Sell- GM could sell all their factories to Tesla. They could. 
Right. That's that's one possible scenario of, oops, we fucked up. We don't deserve to be in business anymore. And then Tesla coming in, going like, well, I've got, I've still got my government money. Like, why don't you just, why don't I buy it? Uh, type of thing, or anybody else, right? Any other, any other manufacturer of anything, depending on the industry, right? When when the banks went insolvent, right, and got you know got their too big to fail bailouts, right? That could have been an opportunity to wipe that wipe them out. You know, J.P. Morgan and whatever who else would have part of that chase, um, and and let other financial providers enter and go like, well, we think we can do it better. Um, and here's why and so on, you know, it, that's that, that process would be part of the free market system that you currently don't see because like you said, uh, companies like GM are propped up, built up by the government, protected by the state. Um, and in some cases partially owned by the state who then of course won't let it fail. <laughs> it's too big. It's too big. Uh, but that's what needs to happen. So, Again, not a, not the hugest fan of Elon Musk, but when he says shit like that, you know, props to him, right? Like we we need the correction, we need the correction to happen so that we can you know find out where the equilibrium is going to end up, and wipe all these bad companies and you know bad cryptocurrencies and whatever off the books. Um, where will the price end? Who knows? Let the market decide, um, and then move forward. But it has, as you pointed out, MC. It has to happen more frequently uh, with lesser intensity uh, to minimize the the catastrophic effects that it has on the average person. Yeah, or just get rid of the scams so so that we can find them out faster, um, and That's so they damage difficult. less people. Yeah, damage less people. Um, yeah. So then we get back to NFTs, right? Because the the there is going to be damage in NFTs. Um, because people don't view them as a scam yet because they're getting scammed into thinking that they've get, you know, that, that, that their web link, their hyperlink is a quarter of a million dollars of value uh, because the creator of it sold it back and forth to himself to boost it up. <laughs> right. And then you try to, you buy it at 250,000, you know, and then try to sell it and there's no one left to buy it. Because there was no one really buying it to begin with, except for the you know the producer, right? Right. Like having a second eBay account and pumping up your auction, you know, to make sure that whoever does end up getting it pays a higher price. Not that I advocate that or that I've done that, but that's what you can do. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's really, uh, I don't know that. Like, where, where do they say? Uh, What's what's the what's the quote about fools losing their money? A <laughs> uh, fool and his money are soon parted. Yes, yes, and uh, that's that's definitely happening. Um, and, but like like I said again, like really figure out the principles of Bitcoin, and then if man, it's like it's it's like there's because I guess we're still in the early early stages of crypto. You know, I I would hope that at some point. Like the number of people in crypto will will just level off. Okay. And if the only people that are left in crypto are the ones that truly understand it, that would be great because that would be a whole bunch of educated people in crypto. But it seems that like at the moment there's just unlimited of uh, stupid and or shady people uh, getting into the market 
uh, messing it up for the rest of us. You know? Okay. <laughs> it's like, why can't we have nice things? It's because, well, it's still, uh, it's still early and, and, uh, and people don't know what they're doing yet. And every time there's a crash, uh, people learn from it, you know, just like, just like when Mount Gox crash crash. Okay. I learned, I learned from my mistake. Okay. I have hardware wallet now put it in there, you know? Yes. <laughs> but everybody else hadn't have, have, hasn't had that happen to them yet so they yet. don't understand like oh yet is the important like, part like i could scream every day about mount gox uh and and still most people still have all their money on on the binance website you know it's like wait a second don't you realize what happened <laughs> yeah oh no so to to uh, your point there there have always been um two minds within the crypto slash bitcoin sphere Right. Early on, the way that they got me, they got us, uh, you know, the, the, the Bitcoin people early on was look at we got here. It's Internet anarchist money, unregulated by the state, untouchable by the state, backed by the powers of mathematics and no inflation. Right. Or generally no inflation. Right. The mining, et cetera, but capped at 21 million. Right. Mm -hmm. And we went, wow, that is way better than Federal Reserve notes, sir. And it still is. I am in. <laughs> right. Right. But that's how that's how, that's how they roped us in the, the anarchists. That's how they got us. Right. And the other side of it was, well, the only way you can fucking make money off this thing. Right. Is if you get wide adoption and regulations and all this other nonsense. Um, but what we need I, is an I, exchange. When, so when you said regulations, oh, we do need exchanges, but you just don't need to leave it on there all the time. Understood. Um, but when you when you said regulation, like like Bitcoin, just by its code, is more regulated than you know any any fiat currency in the world. Sure, but it's it's not from the state. Correct. Right, and what <laughs> it's reg and, it's regulated because it's necessary, <laughs> just in the code. Yeah. And what the what people were calling for were state regulations to define it to limit it, to say what it can be. And what, you know, um, right. the, the current, yeah. the current example, uh, I'll bring up because we haven't talked about it in a while is, you know, the, the crypto six, uh, now basically the crypto two here in New Hampshire, right. Rated by the federal government, uh, for basically selling Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Fundamentally, that's, that's what they were accused of doing. Um, and you know, fudging some documents here and there. We don't have to get into that. But they, the 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 crime that they committed against the state was selling Bitcoin, basically. Mm -hmm. And so, if the state gets involved and gets to define what it is and who can do what with it, right? Oh, you did not get your money transmitter's license, and therefore you are afoul of the law, good sir. Right? That was never the point, right? If it if it's twenty thousand Bitcoin, uh, for pizza, right? That's what it was, right? Like, you know, twenty or two pizzas or whatever. Then so be it, right? We will adjust the value accordingly, right? Like the the guy, you know, I I've had friends lose money uh, early on on the Silk Road trying to buy drugs with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I go, man, that was like a hundred bucks worth of drugs. But imagine how many Bitcoin that was back in 2009 or 2010. Yeah. 
right? Well, Bitcoin is a lot of things, and one of them is is just a tool. And if that tool helps you get, you know, uh, a product off the internet, then that it's valid also. <laughs> right. And for our community, the, the anarchist, the libertarian, the freedom lovers, the anti-staters, that's all it ever had to be, right? Is money is a for, a medium of exchange for us to trade amongst ourselves outside the prying eyes of the state, right? No, no tax forms, no claim forms, just good old bartering internet money for goods and services, you know, that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. And if, if it cost, you know, if it cost uh, 20 Bitcoin instead of 20 Satoshi uh, to get a massage, then we would adjust the prices accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the price would reflect what people were willing to offer services for, uh, not necessarily what the exchanges are, are getting, you know, in their marketplace. Yeah, but it seems like all the all the status want want to be in on it too because, uh, well, because things you know, Bitcoin only goes up, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and so now all all the status want in on the action too. Um, now they want to get their government buddies involved. Yeah, and and honestly, most of them would probably be better served if if there was uh, uh, a government agency uh, involved in in uh, uh, getting to pick. Which companies can can open up and and, and trade Bitcoin? Um, yeah, they they probably would have prevented uh, the Celsius or Terra Luna fiasco. But um, like like I said, I was I I wasn't really interested in giving them my money, and I had no idea how they were. I mean, I had assumptions, but my assumptions were wrong. <laughs> so if you don't know how they're getting the the, the money they're promising you, um, then it's probably a scam. Yeah. I think I think part of the I've said this before. I my personal opinion is that the get rich quick uh, phase of Bitcoin has ended. Like, can you still make money? Yes, you can't get. Well, there, there's ways to get rich quick with Bitcoin. That's running scams. Um, I'm talking about the average person getting into it. Just Bitcoin. Yeah, just Bitcoin. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not going to get rich off of Bitcoin, right? So what just, I'm saying is, Bitcoin, yeah. the 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 people you know who are I'm going to say late to the party, right? Maybe just getting into crypto, maybe just heard about it, maybe finally because you know some state or El Salvador or whatever fucking you know makes it uh, you know legal tender, right? They're like, well, let me get in on that, um, but they're going to look to those alts and to those scams. Because they're still in the get rich quick mentality, right? Like I had a, uh, I had a customer come into uh, my normal place of business. You know, he he rents he rents a he rents a storage unit, um, and at one point, you know, the talk of crypto came up, and so we had a conversation about it, and he tried to do the get rich quick thing, right? So when this first downturn started to happen. You know, he comes in, he goes like, hey, I just, you know, he, he didn't have to pay a bill or nothing. He just wanted to talk like, hey, what do you, what do you think is going on with this downturn, Rich? And I went, you know, bro, I have no idea because I remember the early conversations. I said, I, I only pretty much deal with Bitcoin, you know, maybe dabble with Monero here and there. But all those other altcoins, like 
you know, too confusing for me, always seems too scammy for me. But if you want to throw a couple hundred bucks in just to see if you can ride a wave, you know, don't expect much and expect to lose. Um, and apparently, you know, he, he seems like he put a little bit more than just a couple hundred bucks in some of these supposedly skyrocketing alts and is now, you know, you reap what you sow, man. And you didn't, you didn't sow much on those. Yeah, maybe. Depends when you get out. But uh, anyway, I have to go to dinner. All right. So, Oh, we're just about at the end anyway. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. All right. That'll do it for us then. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com on telegram t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash the anarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon. Patreon.com slash the anarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.